You take an ancient dinosaur gut and some toxic waste. You get a monster who stomps around and tries to eat your face. You take some kaiju media, some assholes, and a mic. You get a podcast that'll make you rethink your whole life. So come watch Godzilla with Podzilla, king of the casters with NBN Brandon and Jasper, who's a dog. Would you like to play a game? <laughs> Producer Jasper. For... 11 months, less than 11 months, because Brandon's had you for, like, five. (laughs) I don't know when he got you. You've sat living a life of luxury, not doing the work of a producer. But today, today, you'll learn how precious life and the work of a producer is. As you hear your hosts talk about Frankenstein conquers the world. It's actually Frankenstein's monster conquers the world. (laughs) So, yeah, welcome to our special Halloween episode of Podzilla King of the Casters. Uh, It's a two-parter. Yeah, I'm your host, N.B. Nightingale. And I'm the spooky co-host, Brandon. So, yeah, so today we are doing Frankenstein Conquers the World, also known as Frankenstein vs. Baragon. Conquers uh, the World is a better title, though. It's it is sick. a much better title. It's a sick title. And usually I do a rant now, but we had to re-record, and the rant I don't think was feeling fun, so I'll just not do a rant this time. But Owen Gleiberman can suck it and eat my farts. Uh, Ooh, spooky farts. <laughs> Fucking damn it. Okay. Uh, so, so, yeah. Uh, Brandon, what were your thoughts on Frankenstein Conquers the World very briefly? Okay. Um, This is the most campy kaiju movie we've seen so far. By a mile. Peak camp. Peak camp. Frankenstein I... is just out there <laughs> limp-wristed and... <laughs> Given, like, the runway, sachet, I have never seen an episode of Drag Race, so I don't know the terms, but he's doing that. Frankenstein Conquers the World is very campy. Mm-hmm. It involves a a heart just forming into a, a, into a monster child that grows into, like, a, like a multi-story high kaiju creature. But it's just a guy. It's just a big old guy. Kind of ri- inherently ridiculous. And I thought it was fun. <laughs> I think in terms of if you want a Halloween themed kaiju flick, boom, this is your one stop shop or one of two part shop as we'll get to at the end. Yeah. Where um, super campy, very uh, enjoyable. Like it held, it held our attention for like pretty much the whole way. Yeah. Which was surprising because with a few of these towards the second act, it starts like dragging on a bit but this one knew what to do but i will say um if you were to watch this movie watch okay let me give me a second to drop this watch the octopus cut there are two cuts the theatrical <laughs> edition and the octopus ending and we watched the octopus ending we will be discussing the octopus ending watch the octopus ending it is the superior ending of the film for its camp craziness it is the perfect way to end this film yes it is so 
So what are your thoughts? I also really liked it. Mm. It was very dumb, <laughs> but I really liked it. And my heart goes out to all the hogs who uh, lost their lives throughout this film. <laughs> yes, there's so many hogs who on screen and off screen lose their lives yeah. during this film. Many hogs were farmed in the making of this film. <laughs> I've got a soft place in my heart for wild hogs. Travolta, Macy, Alan, Lawrence. With a amazing supporting performance by Leota. It's... Damn, you remember every detail? <laughs> wild hogs. A Walter Beck film. The author who is behind Clifford the Big Red Dog. Yes. Yes, he is. If that film ever sees the light of day, which I hope it does. One, the second that film is available for actual watch, I, we're, I'm going to watch it. We will, yes, we will do an episode on it. Yes, we will do <laughs> another Clifford episode, don't worry. Yes, and not... Uh, not that other one. We will do another Clifford episode. <laughs> the 2021 one, or the 2022 Clifford movie. Yes, indeed. Yes, Nolan. The the live action re Big Red Dog movie that's coming out uh, maybe at the end of this year, hopefully. We'll see. But uh, We will yeah. do another movie in which Clifford puts his keeper out with his wacky hijinks. I will kidnap Keenan Thompson in order to get a cut of Clifford. Yes. <laughs> we will go all wild hogs on him. See, we you gotta the way how would we kidnap Keenan Thompson? I don't even know where they like I like they're an American, right? I don't Yeah, he's part of the Saturday Night Live cast. So here's my plan. Okay. We go for a lesser Saturday Night Live member first. <laughs> We kidnap Kyle Mooney. As we bait? just like, yeah, we just like Kyle <laughs> Mooney's out at a pizza shop. We throw him in a van. Then, okay. in a bridge of spies like situation, we trade him for Keenan Thompson, <laughs> and then we trade Keenan Thompson for the, for Clifford the Big Red Dog. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of steps. <laughs> He'll be like, "I'll make sure you'll never see Clifford on the screen, you bastard! Take that back." <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'll make sure wait I'm gonna make sure it's worse than not coming out at all on Discovery Plus exclusive no, no! damn you to hell gonna put it on the now defunct the hub channel <laughs> but yeah so I like Frankenstein Conquers the World yes it was an, I would say if you want some campy Halloween-esque kaiju fun there you go and, you know, I was very astounded by what it must have taken to make Frankenstein. So, could you tell okay. us what that monster does? <laughs> the joke here being, folks, that it's just a dude. <laughs> but yeah, it was a quite involved process to create Frankenstein. Could you imagine if this was actually an insanely good suit? <laughs> like, it was played by, like, a female actor or something. And they were just, like, 
within an incredibly expensive skin suit. Oh, oh gross. Don't say skin suit. Uh, rubber suit. <laughs> yeah, that's better. Okay. But, um, yeah, so Frankenstein in this movie, they just call, like, it's kind of weird. They have, like, a line where it's like, oh, Frankenstein created this monster. But then they just drop it and just call him Frankenstein. Which makes sense. I mean, everybody calls him Frankenstein. Yeah. Like, it's just kind of, you know, the cultural literacy at this point. That it's like, you know, what the fuck are you going to call this thing? Like, Frankenstein's monster's too long. So, Frankenstein, this movie, is a... He starts out as a, quote, child. And he's, like, running around like he's like a, like a little, like, homeless kid. <laughs> Who's, like, um, running around in, like, post-war Japan. And people are like, oh, that's a weird-looking dude. Like, oh, what's going on? And, like, a bunch of tourists, like, come and want to see him. (laughs) Um, But he grows from nuclear radiation from... uh, (laughs) From Hiroshima. Hiroshima. We see Hiroshima happen in the film. It is the only kaiju movie that directly shows Hiroshima. Yeah. So... The movie does not pull any punches. Like, there are Nazis in this movie. There are... Are there Nazis in this movie? Or are there Americans with inexplicable German accents? (laughs) Who heil Hitler? I mean, (laughs) in 2021, you're saying there aren't Americans who heil Hitler. (laughs) Oh, God. But it was 45. We'll get into the costuming. But um, the whole thing was... His final design by the end of the movie is from the radiation of Hiroshima, direct, directly what they say, from the radiation of Hiroshima, the heart, it starts out as a heart they find, be, turn into a little boy. All right, and we're back. So I had not realized how much the original Monster Mash fucks <laughs> until listening to several indie versions of the song. That do not fuck at all. Like, <laughs> tis a shame. Tis a shame indeed. Like, whoever sings the original version of the Monster Mash, you know they're getting laid on the daily. But, like, all these indie versions, it's just like. So, Barugan. Yeah. You Bar- gotta tell us about Barugan? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Frankenstein in this movie basically looks like his normal Frankenstein self, but, like, not like a Boris Karloff looking Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. He's more of a just a brownish gray, gray man with the big old forehead ridge. Cause like whenever you do Frankenstein, you gotta do the forehead ridge. Yeah. It's like it's like a staple of what he looks like now. Mm-hmm. And he has kind of like, you know, like the the buck teeth and like the bit and like kind of the hair, like the squarish looking hair. So it's reminiscent of a cl- of the classic Frankenstein design, but you know doesn't have like the bolts or like the clothes, like the the you know the attire. Yeah. He wears like a caveman cloth in that movie in this movie, which makes you think like, what the fuck did he like skin to wear that when he's like forty feet tall? <laughs> all but- <laughs> dogs. Yes. It's all hogs all the way down. No. <laughs> no. But this hog was uh, an Okja pig. Dang. That poor Okja. It so, wasn't our Okja, but it was a Okja. It was <laughs> one of the Okjas. Dang. The other monster in this movie, though, other than the amazing octopus that we'll get into, 
Baragon. Baragon is the other kaiju that appears in this movie. And Baragon is like a little, kind of looks a bit like a four-legged gremlin. <laughs> like, he's got the big ears. He's got the, he's got a horn that's like jutting out of his like nose area that glows. And he digs. He's like a dinosaur looking thing. And he digs in the ground a whole bunch. And we see that in one of the coolest shots in the movie where like when he first appears, it's like they're drilling an oil rig and just like these cracks just start appearing in the ground. And like he's like running. He's like kind of like uh, like Bugs Bunny style, <laughs> but a lot bigger, like, you know, moving the ground under up to, up top as he's digging through. So Bargon's really a fun, he's a fun kaiju. He's got the hey, big flappy Hey, which way ears. to Albuquerque? <laughs> <laughs> Oops, I, destroy, I destroyed Tokyo. Must have taken a wrong turn in Albuquerque. Ain't I a stinker? <laughs> <laughs> but Bargon's fun, and uh, his name comes from the Japanese words for bara, meaning rose, and ragon from dragon. And this name refers to supposedly the ridges on his back that he has. Because they, they kind of resemble rose petals. So he has ridges on his back and he has like, you know, sharp teeth and everything. I, so, I think you're getting a bit confused, uh, Bryn. What? Baragon's the name of the scientist. This is Baragon's monster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, Baragon's monster never had a name. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, he was called Adam in the original book. <laughs> Does Frankenstein's monster have a name? Uh, he chooses the name Adam for himself after the first man. Shit. So he self he identifies as Adam. Yeah, but he's just referred to in text as the creature, but in his dialogue he refers to himself as Adam. Damn. Yeah. That's pretty fucked up, isn't it? Yeah. It's like your 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 dad's like, ew, this horrible beast. This scrunchy, scratchy creature. Ew, yucky. Wait, is that not normal? <laughs> I'm the just kidding dad I love you <laughs> the beast has emerged from his bedroom and he is requesting to watch a show <laughs> the beast cast themselves Nolan <laughs> like like, just the most like alienating thing but um there's Anyways. a virus on the family computer. I think the beast was watching <laughs> pornography. He must have done this. <laughs> Why did I give him life? <laughs> so anyways, uh, Bargon's a fun monster. Um, he is also in... So this is his first appearance, but he shows up later in Destroy All Monsters. So that's a fun time. Um, so Baragon is a fun monster, but um, we gotta talk about the giant fucking octopus at the end of the movie. We gotta. Wait, there was an octopus? Oh, you see, Nolan blacked out at the last few minutes. Y you see, <laughs> I do five shots of Jaeger bomb right before the credits <laughs> of every kaiju movie. <laughs> Nolan just hates the credits actually so before much. every the end of every movie i do that <laughs> as far as i'm concerned matt damon lives happily ever after at the end of the departed <laughs> <laughs> as far as i know that's that's how it ends that's the whole thing as far as i'm concerned oh those wild hogs are in a bit of a pickle and that's where the movie ends <laughs> 
Can't wait for Wild Hogs 2. <laughs> Wilder Hogs. Two Wild Two Hogs. <laughs> what if it's like Wild a- Hogs 2 Motorcycle Boogaloo. <laughs> Wild Hogs 2 Judgment Day. <laughs> Wild Hogs 2 The Winter Biker. <laughs> <laughs> a fifth member of the gang has appeared. A long-lost member. Ocean's Wild Hogs. (laughs) Wild Hogs and Old Dogs take place in the same cinematic universe. You cannot convince me otherwise. Wild Hogs in the Temple of Doom. (laughs) (laughs) So anyways, the giant octopus. Wild Hogs Fury Road. The giant giant octopus. (laughs) (laughs) Witness me. But it's it's funny because it's, it's like William H Macy getting fucking sprayed. No, but it's it's fucking like cheese whiz or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, is the, Tim Allen Immortan Joe in this version? You know he is. Yeah, <laughs> you know it. It's not even a debate. They were mine to sell me cocaine, and then I sell them out to the government. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, Tim, we're recording. <laughs> Tim, we're live. Um, the, the giant octopus in this movie Aww. looks pretty. <laughs> I'm trying to talk about the giant octopus in this movie, Norman. But I want to do a Let Tim me... Allen impression. <laughs> Faker. <laughs> you imposter. Has Tim Allen ever died at the end of a movie? There's gotta be one. Well, Nolan, if you didn't see the end of Wild Hogs, you'll never know. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Tim Allen goes out in a blaze of glory at the end of Wild Hogs. Just Butch Cassidy in the Sundance Kid style. Like, it's like a game of chicken the, between two motorbikes. He he and Travolta look at each other. And then, and then they charge out into the... And freeze frame on them. Yes, indeed. So, the giant octopus in this movie... Um, just like Wild Hogs, it does show up out of nowhere. (laughs) Um, in the last three minutes of this movie, literally the last three minutes, um, a giant octopus just shows up. There is no buildup for this octopus. Exactly. There is not a single line of dialogue. There is not a single moment where it's like, there might be an octopus around. It's like, the big baddie is defeated, and then an octopus just shows up on the horizon. It drags Frankenstein into the water to his watery death, like fucking drag me to hell. (laughs) Yes. And the octopus in the movie, it's not even like a kaiju looking creature. It's just a big octopus. Like it doesn't look like a kraken or like, you know, it doesn't have distinct markings and designs that would befit like a giant monster. It looks like they just scaled up a giant octopus, like an octopus. And it's a fun kaiju. It's got lots of strings. It's like flopping around the whole time. We should. Oh yeah. We should review more octopus movies. This got. Oh, there's gonna be so many cracking things we need to touch. Yeah, we. This is no longer Podzilla. <laughs> this is Cephalopodcast. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Fuck! I knew. I was like, no one's gonna make a pun. It's a pun. a pun in there. There's a pun in there. He's gonna. He's gonna do it. <laughs> So, shows up in the movie. So, he's red. 
That's if he's a big old octopus. You know what an octopus looks like. I hope. Like he's a big old octopus, and he fights the Frankenstein. Um, Can those you are the describe kaijus. what an octopus is for me? Okay, so imagine like a hot air balloon with like big old tentacles hanging off it. And would the Japanese make porn out of that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Without a doubt. Yes. Poor octopus. Who knows? But this isn't Hentilla, King of the Tentacles. <laughs> yes. This is Podzilla, King of the Casters. So that is um, the kaijus in this movie. And I'll bring up some fun uh, VFX stuff before we get into the story of this kaiju movie. Which, this story is a fairly simple one. So I want to start by saying that the effects of this movie are fun. It's funny. The most expensive shot in the movie is Baragon's introduction, I think. Huh. When it's like the whole like cracks and like everything shaking and moving. You're saying it wasn't the horse? <laughs> I have a thing about the horse. So in the movie at one point, uh, Baragon is a it's kills Baragon. an entire farm's worth of animals. He eats them. There's like feathers in his mouth from the chickens. So like I want to keep saying Bakugan. Very oversized feathers, I will say. Yes. Because they just put actual feathers <laughs> in his mouth, which made them on scale look like they were fucking human-sized feathers. Some <laughs> massive chicken. <laughs> but um I keep wanting to say Bakugan. Like, no, it's Barugan. Uh Barugan is about to eat a horse in the stable. And it is one of the Worst looking VFX shots in a while, where it's like a single like, like wooden like horse toy, and it's like rocking left and right, as up and down. Give it some credit; <laughs> it's got a full range of motion. For this horse is what I took away from this movie: <laughs> three directions of movement as it's rocking around, and then Baragon grabs and eats it. So that was intentional. Instead of filming a horse. Uh, Iji Subiara included a fake-looking puppet in the scene when Baragon tears through the farm. He was well aware of how it looked, but decided not to go with a more realistic effect because it was, by his own admission, funny. Pretty based. I love this man. <laughs> so Pretty much. based. <laughs> Subiara was well known for his jock, you know, his more joking approach for to his films. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. <laughs> so yeah. he intentionally did that, and it it got us a big old belly laugh. So it did, it did its effect. That and the hog. When we finally get to see a wild hog in the wild, hogging it up. It's it, fucking it, huge. There's no sense of scale whatsoever. <laughs> We're going to go on a commercial break. You're searching for a monster who's hard to find But here's a hint, he's one of a kind Then you can mash Monster It's not the mash, I got him It's a wacky smash Be the very first to find the fiend And then give him a whack And start all over again I'll do the mash Monster mash It's not the mash It's a wacky smash Monster mash Wacky fun from Parker and we're back. So I had not realized how much the original Monster Mash fucks <laughs> until listening to several indie versions of the song that do not fuck at all. Like, <laughs> tis a shame. Tis a shame indeed. 
It's just like, like whoever sings the original version of the Monster Mash, you know they're getting laid on the daily. But like all these indie versions, it's just like, it was all we probably picked one that fucks. I found one that fucks, and we either went with that or the ska version. <laughs> uh, but it's. But, like, all those indie versions we had to listen to, it's like, it's like a little college freshman who's like, maybe they've gotten a hand job back in high school with their long-term girlfriend, but it's been two years since they've even kissed a girl. (laughs) All right, so let's get into the plot here. So, the movie starts with a cut-to-World-War-II-torn Nazi Germany. It's an interesting start. And then um, showcases to a laboratory straight out of a Frankenstein novel where we see a Nazi scientist open up the suitcase and there's a big beating heart in the middle of it. And the war, you know, the war is on the losing side. So they have to do some salutes. (laughs) They go and grab this heart suitcase and transfer it over out of the into a submarine. So, the, anyways, so yeah. yeah, the the Nazis give uh, the heart over to the Japanese, who bring it to a specialist in a little old town, the Big Apple, Hiroshima. Yep. I don't know if that's a, that's probably not a nickname for Hiroshima. It, I don't think so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and they're just like. Dum de dum de dum. We're uh, doing uh, doing science on this heart. Cameo uh, by Doctor Yamada. Yeah, by uh, Doctor Yamada. I really right. need to learn that actor's name because he's also the lead of Seven Samurai. And no, I love Seven Samurai. How could you do this to Seven Samurai? Well, I'm only doing it to one of them. The other six. Wait, I don't know their names either. Exactly. <laughs> gotcha. Kapow. Okay. Kachow. Kachow. Okay. So, All right. So, yeah. yeah cameo so, by Dr. Yamane. And after. then we see Hirosh- the heat bombing of Hiroshima happen on screen. Yeah. In 1965. It's, it didn't say August 8th. August 6th. Okay. Phew. Yeah. Because the release date of this movie was August 8th, 1965. Uh, but... Yeah, so that happened, uh, and surprisingly, that happened in again what we're calling the campiest of the of the kaiju oh films. It was don't know the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki was within August sixth to August 9th. This film's release date was within the twenty year anniversary. Oh God! There were people alive. What if this year, on the 20th anniversary of 9-11, a movie comes out and it's like, Godzilla stops the Twin Towers. What if 9-11 is a plot point? And Pixels 2 is released. No. Because that's the right tone. And it would be, and to line up with this, it would be on September 11th. Yes. Nice. So anyways... Yeah, Hiroshima I was on screen. To come up with a pixels based pun, but I couldn't. On a, you know, okay, the pixels Hiro- too. Hiroshima happens, and then kaboom! Terrible things on screen. Terrible things in real life. 
Uh, cuts to nineteen sixty. You know, modern modern day when this movie was recorded. The towers are making a Roman. Nineteen sixty five. In the post. So that happens in nineteen sixty five, and then the there's a honky. There's a there's a yeah. Our man. protagonist is a white American living in Japan, uh, working in the Hiroshima Memorial Hospital. It's, it's kind He's of... very excited on all the radioactive stuff he can study from... The... From Hiroshima. It's yeah. like, oh, goodness, where he's like, man, that was terrible, but we should get this... We could get some good stuff from this. It's like, yeah. oh, oh, no. It's very yeah. much, oh, no. I guess it's an all-Japanese creative team, so... I. Th- I guess this is okay, but... I, it's still shocking. It is very shocking. Uh, oh, But yeah, so uh, then they find a young boy who's been cutting up and eating uh, small animals. Yeah, there's a scene where the kids are like, my rabbits! And they walk in, and they're like, all these rabbits are like ripped apart. Yeah. That is Frankenstein, who has... So what we learn is that Frankenstein, any piece of him... If properly new, uh, give, if properly fed, uh, somehow through science stuff, he will it will develop back into his full form, like a starfish. Yeah. And so the heart over the years developed into the human Frankenstein, and he's growing bigger and bigger and bigger until he escapes because they want to test the theory by a. Of his regeneration by cutting a limb off, and he doesn't want that. Yeah, because they're trying to figure out if this guy is really Frankenstein or not. Keep in mind, he looks a lot like a Frankenstein. And he's already, like, 12 fucking feet tall. Like, he's a big dude. So it's like, he'd have to be. But they... But there was a fun thing where... There was a funny thing where they're like, we have to cut an arm off to make sure it'll regenerate. And we're just sitting there like, you can also do, like, a finger. (laughs) (laughs) Like, less consequences. But, uh, yeah, he keeps growing and getting bigger and bigger, and he has to eat more. And, like, um, the scientist lady is, like, you know, connected with him. Yeah. Connects with him. And, like, she tries to, like, help him and save him. And, like, he just keeps growing bigger and bigger. And eventually... He escapes and he starts to eat hogs across the countryside. Yes. And at the same time, Baragon, who we saw in an earlier scene, Get Awoken has started lumbering around the same area, but Baragon is killing people. Yeah. Baragon's out there, and he's killing people, and we don't know why. Yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, all Frankenstein's doing is being out there he and killing hogs, and we don't know we why. We do know why. He's hungry. He's a hungry boy. He's a hungry dude. He likes some pork. Much, <laughs> yeah. much. So he keeps growing Should bigger. Should we go the fact that canonically the movie is convinced that Frankenstein is fully white? Even though it's... <laughs> it's a plot it's just, point. It's just a Japanese dude. In, yeah. They're, they're saying, like, I guess in the he's movie. playing a white character in the movie. But wow. Like, what bad white face. <laughs> Frankenstein. <but> cultural like, <laughs> appropriation. <laughs> yeah, that's nothing like when the white guy wears a kimono. <laughs> and he's like, what? And the, and the lady's like, you look really good in that. And he's like, thank you. And I'm like, this guy paid to be here. <laughs> yeah. So the... um, This is like... 
his trip to Thailand got diverted, and he decided, <laughs> I'm gonna be in a movie. Yeah. So, like, in the... Yeah, there's a plot point where they say that, oh, he's a little white boy. Because I think they wanted to, like, oh, you know, if Frankenstein's from Germany, you know, oh, and, you know, that's a direction pointing yeah. towards him being Frankenstein. But, yeah, he's just a Japanese actor. Or, like, it's... So, it's I don't oh, think I shouldn't it's, make that joke. But it's not brought up again. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just, like, a one-time thing. I was gonna make a bad joke. Okay, well, I'm glad that you I did. I guess that the actor... I'm glad that you did an Anyways. honorary Aryan. <laughs> it's funny, because ja- Japan was an Axis power, and that was their title given by the Nazis. <laughs> when I started recording this episode, folks, I was like, we're gonna sit down, have a fun old Godzilla fighting a giant dinosaur, or Frankenstein fighting a giant dinosaur kind of t- fun time. I didn't think the phrase Frankenstein is an honorary Aryan would have come out of this, but here we are, and we are all worse for it. We are. We are all worse for it. For this knowledge. So, anyways, so, you know, I think there was a plot point in the movie, I couldn't quite make it out, that the reason why they were so amped on trying to hunt down Frankenstein, like, kill him and stuff, was I think that they thought that what Baragon was doing was what he was doing. Yeah, that I, I got that. I got that. Yeah. They thought that Baragon that they thought that when Baragon killed the entire weird German village <laughs> in the in heart of Japan. Middle. Yeah, yes. They thought that that was Frankenstein's doing it. Yeah. So, you know, they're tracking him down and the scientists are like, "Please don't hurt him. He's like a valuable test subject." And like while they do that, they realize that his hand had like how he got out of the chains. Because the reporter's like flashing lights and he goes, and it's like, he gets really startled by all the flashing lights on the cameras in his, in his cage. So he smashes the door open. And later we realize that how he also got out of his change was he, he removed his hand. <laughs> so his hand is still there. And they said something like, oh, you know, and he keeps eating protein to like grow back into a, a dude. So he's a f- growing boy. Yeah. So the but, final fight. Yeah, they fight. It, Baragon can breathe fire, we learn, and he... It's a pretty late-term thing. Like, yeah, he doesn't do it before the finals. He starts finale. a forest fire that he and Frankenstein fight amongst until Frankenstein snaps his neck, killing him. And everyone, the whole crowd watching is like, Yay, he won! Pan over. To a giant octopus. <laughs> um, cr- crawling and creeping out of, like, the mountain behind it. Yeah, just out of... There's, like, a river next to the, the, where this fight was happening. And he crawls out of it, fights Frankenstein... And wins. Readily wins <laughs> and drags him to a watery death. What a way to go. And that's the end of the movie. And, like, the scientist people and, like, the military are watching this all happen. <laughs> and, like, the microcell that Frankenstein goes under the waves are like, Well, our work's done. We can leave. We're done. It's not like this character was shown to be able to swim earlier. <laughs> he can fuck it. He can hold his breath so long. Yeah. So there is a sequence that doesn't really have much plot significance, so we didn't go into it, but uh, uh, of Frankenstein just... He sneaks up on a boat. He doesn't harm the boat, but he just... He's under the water, and he pops up, and he, like, scares a boat of people. Then he pops back down. It reminded me a lot of the... 
in the original Godzilla movie when Godzilla pops out. And oh, the boat. at the casino boat. Yeah, yeah. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It seemed it felt very reminiscent of that scene. Yeah. My theory is Frankenstein always wanted to go towards where music was. Because, like, when he's a little boy and he's still in the office, he's, like, normal size, he watches, like, people dancing and singing and he's like, Oh, yeah, yeah he does do that. Yeah, he's like, yay! And then, like... At some point, the music stops or something, and he throws the TV out of the window. Yeah. So, he's God. a strong guy, but... but yeah, so that is the plot of Frankenstein Conquers the World. That's yeah, a fun thing, uh, but he can't be dead or something, because he's in the sequel, War, War of, of the, the Gargantuans. Gargantuans. Which we're watching as part two of our Halloween Woo! special Spooky. next week. Uh, but yeah, so... All right, Part so two. we've got three options for what we could make gritty. Okay. We could make Frankenstein gritty. Yes. We could make Baragon gritty. Uh, I was going to say pretty on accident. But <laughs> make Baragon pretty. <laughs> it's extreme makeover Ooh. kaiju edition. Makeovers. Or we could make the octopus gritty. The octopus would be lame. He's just an octopus. You're telling me. That if a Godzilla film ended with him being dragged to the depths of the ocean by a giant octopus, that would be lame. I mean, it'd be cooler if it was a squid. Krakens are... Squid, oh, squids Krakens. are just pointy octopi. Yeah, they're better. They're cooler No, looking. they're not. Yes, they are. Octopuses are... Octopi? Octopeople? Uh, are I think it's so, octopi. Octopi are so much cooler. Is there a James Bond movie named after squids? Krakens are fucking sick. Octopussy is an underrated entry in Roger Moore's tenure as James Bond. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, octopus, octopi are neat, but, like, krakens are way fucking cooler. Like, if I see a tentacle... Coming out of like the fucking like in the depths and wrapping around a pirate ship or something, that had better be pointy with a little fin on it. Because if it's a regular old cephalopod head, I mean it's still fun. Counterpoint: Peter Pan two. Peter Pan two. Is there a giant octopus in Peter Pan? Peter Pan two returned to Neverland. Instead of a crocodile, it is now an octopus pursuing Captain Hook. That poor fucking dude. He can't catch a break. Like what did he eat? What seafood did he eat to create such hatred? Did he snack on a rib of fucking Poseidon? Well, with the well, the last time a giant animal pursued Captain Hook, it was just because it got a taste of him and wanted the rest. So the octopus is just doing it for the fucking fun of it. (sighs) Hook is such a good movie. It is. It's a fun time. Tick tock, tick tock. Hooks but up anyways, old you're not you're not gonna get out of this one, Nolan. How do we make Frankenstein gritty into the Universal MonsterVerse? So, I've been thinking about a rename of this segment. Okay. Because if she comes up enough. What if we called this section "Gritty Bobby Brown"? <laughs> She's not going to be in the next MonsterVerse movie, and we're going to look we're, so dumb. We're going to be heartbroken. We're going to be heartbroken. She's going to be filming a Nola Holmes 2. 
and it, and it, she's not gonna be in the movie. And all right, so yes. So anyways, so we're making Frankenstein gritty. Do you yes. want to go first? <sighs> okay, I think I'll have. Okay, so I have an idea. Okay, I have an idea. <laughs> so Frankenstein is above all else. All else, the concept of a Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. You know, it's not a very... As we've seen in this movie, Frankenstein cannot... He doesn't have to be a particular design of creature. Mm-hmm. You can have Frankenstein as the Boris Karloff version. You, with the bolts in his neck and all that stuff. And, like, you know, the, the sewing stitches on his forehead. You can have that as a, mom, as a Frankenstein. You can have... I remember in one, he had really long hair. Like, there was, like, different iterations of this creature. Yeah. There in this one, he's got you know he's more a lot more human like, but he has the still at the ridge. De Niro's version of him. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that Frankenstein as a concept just has a few pillars, kind of like a Dracula. Yeah. It's like hey, he needs to be made out of dead parts. He has to come alive through electricity, and you know he has to be kind of like a monster who wants to like attack things, but with a gentle heart. With a gentle heart. All right. I think that's a general rule for Frankenstein. I don't think there's an. I don't think there's many iterations where he's just oh he's a big old monster. Like there's some humanity to him in each mm-hmm. one. So I my proposal is this is uh this is the next monster verse film in the series. Okay. We have just had Godzilla versus King Kong. We have had a plethora of kaiju's that have been killed during this, either on screen or off screen. King Ghidorah murked dead pieces of bodies right we've had Ghidorah died we had the the fucking Mutos but fuck those guys they're dead uh the Mutos like now Mechagodzilla like all these dead kaijus right you're oh my god I know where you're going with this so son of a bitch so at some point they realize this is a lot of fucking monster parts right Mm mm-hmm so the start of this movie is realizing, you know, there's all these fucking monster parts. You can't just throw them in like a landfill or something. They're fucking huge. Yeah. So the seedy corporation starts buying them. Ooh. Buy a Ghidorah head for $10 million. We'll buy a Ghidorah wing for $20 million. They'll buy all these pieces of parts. Various Take some things. Ghidorah head. Take a Ghidorah <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> A Ghidorah you walked skull. into that one. <laughs> a Ghidorah skull, Nolan. I didn't think I had to. <laughs> so, anyways, buys up this C Corporation is buying up kaiju parts, some legs, some arms from other ones, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, eventually, eventually, you know, time skip into why this happens afterwards, and Godzilla is fighting. Some other kaiju creature. Fighting, you could say, Ibira, right? Oh, he's fighting the big old creature. And not enough for his own movie directly as the only antagonist. Yeah. But he's a fun monster. So he's fighting, Godzilla's fighting Ibira. They're fighting it out in like Hawaii, wherever we said it was doing her fight. Or New England, like Maine. They're fighting, right? And Godzilla is about to get his ass kicked. He's on the ropes. He's ending. And before Godzilla gets the final blow on him, Frankenstein appears. And Frankenstein in the MonsterVerse is all of the previous kaijus we've seen die and other ones stitched together. He's got King Ghidorah's wings and a couple of his heads. 
He's got like a like he's got robot parts too. Let's keeping like the energizing part alive. Like he's a sentient creature. Yeah. But like he's you know he's a a big mismatch of fucking kaiju's. I think you're just pitching Mecha Ghidorah right now. I think so. But there's more kaiju's. He's not just okay. like, he's not just All robot right. and Ghidorah. He's got like Ghidorah parts. He's got Mecha Godzilla parts. He's got like. Fucking some mutose fucking limbs, but you don't gotta call them that. Yeah. All kinds of kaiju bits. You can have even monsters that didn't show up in the in the monsterverse yet. You yeah. can just say they died off screen. They're in this thing. Fucking they yeah. have Baragon's fucking. He's got Baragon's ears. All sorts of kaiju creatures. So he fights. He helps Godzilla beat the beer. It's like oh great, awesome. And then Cedar Corporation is like the number one threat to our insurance goals and everything is Godzilla himself. <laughs> And then they turn Frankenstein on Godzilla. Okay. And then Godzilla has to fight off Frankenstein. And eventually, the Frankenstein's monster realizes that... Because keep in mind, how I'm thinking about this is... Frankenstein is a sentient creature. Mm-hmm. But you notice when he first appears, he has a giant fucking shock collar on him. Yeah. And then the CD Corporation, you got fucking Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk kind of type. Oh, you gotta attack him. You know, attack him, Frankenstein. Bzzz, bzzz, bzzz. So we have a triumphant moment where the Frankenstein monster turns on their master, as all Frankensteins have to, and kills him. All right. And then he goes off to God knows where afterwards. And that is the name Franken, uh, Godzilla and Frankenstein. Not versus. Godzilla and Frankenstein. All right. That's all right. a good pitch. That's my pitch. Mine's in a completely different direction. All right. So it's a prequel film. Okay. Prequel film to what? To our, the legendary verse as we know it so far. Okay. And I think a big problem with with do it, bringing Frankenstein into the Make It Great verse is how ridiculous a human size, the size of Godzilla would look. Yes. So, I'm not bringing him to kaiju size, but there will be kaiju involved. Okay. Okay. The year is 19... 19- 39 a german battleship you give those you have those six years between 39 and 45 chickens bad a german German battleship uh with a veritable who's who of german character actors uh yes is trans is transporting some top secret shit in a vault that no one's allowed to open the captain is christoph waltz uh of course the protagonist is well. My favorite guy is Daniel Bruhl. Uh, mm. You probably know him as Baron Zemo uh, in the uh, in the Marvel movies, but he's also he's uh, he's the sniper, uh, the sni- the nice sniper in a the nice little sniper Nazi in Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> All right, <laughs> uh, uh, and. Just, you know, a bunch of German actors in there. Yeah, a bunch of German dudes. And they're on this... They're bringing it to Japan, this thing. And when Godzilla... But they're not... They don't know it's Godzilla. Attacks the boat, stranding them on an island. Ooh. And as they're stranded on the island... The vault door is fucking busted open, and a giant 
like an eight foot tall flesh golem of a man sewn together emerges Ooh. our Frankenstein. And so we've just got Frankenstein picking off a bunch of German soldiers Ooh. on an island as they try and escape. Oh, dang. And that's my pitch for Frankenstein bashes the fash. <laughs> God damn. So that is, uh, that's our make it gritty. Woo. Uh, so that's about, um, that's our episode. So we hope do, that- do, 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 do. Producer Jasper, you completed your game. I hope by listening to these two fucking nerds, these two incels who somehow had sex at some point. Not with each other, I should be clear about that. <laughs> your torture is over. I hope you realize the value of life. Please contact them at kingofthecasters at gmail.com to send Ooh. in movie recommendations or also questions. Or follow us on twitter.com at podzilla k-o-t-c find us wherever podcasts are found but if you're listening to this it's too late you already know Uh, we'll see you next time next time is war of the gargantuans from 19 i think it's 66 but it's still the 60s Another, See another you next time, baby! Time. See you later!